So good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening. We have an amazing guest today, Toby, Toby Rubenstein, and a long-time friend. I, I believe three years, Toby, since we've been friends? Longer. Believe that? Longer? Yeah. Three or four years. It's three years and, that uh, I'm married to Felipe, so it's longer than that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's been a, it's been, so it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And Toby, you should know Toby's the one that Toby and Celia are the ones that basically head up all my events in New York and they're responsible really for all these events that we do. So we have a lot of gratitude and a lot of hazard to Tov. And the merits of these events, I know a lot of people have changed from these events. You should have a Rafushalema. Hashem should give you all your heart desires. So, Toby, I see the book. I see the book in the in the back. I have my own copy. And I want to congratulate you on this amazing book. I just, I just got it yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to really go over it all. But I remember, I, I know I wrote the preface for it. Yes. And uh, I'm very, very excited to talk about how you, you're able to blend in faith and fashion and, and a little bit about your life. And I mean, the purpose of this class is really to give, you know, to give everybody hope. And definitely you, you've gone through so much. I believe you've been divorced how many times and you got remarried? This is my fourth and final time. Fourth and final. Final. Mm-hmm. Fourth and final divorce. But it's amazing for, for fourth getting and final married. Marriage. Fourth, fourth and final marriage. You're, you're still smiling. Yes. And, and we, I, think, I believe we had a phone call today. And, you know, I said, you're the typical person that should be on every single pill in the world. And you chose faith over logic you chose faith over the redundancy of life you chose faith over you know you were able to think greater than you feel and i think that's where you got to, to be today yes it's, it's an unbelievable lesson that we can able we can turn the uh, pain into a uh, purpose and i believe that's what you that's what you're doing so tell us about how you got started with this book and, and what what message you have well, um, I got I got started with this book, The Faith and Fashion, probably, you know, since the very beginning, you know, since, you know, uh, high school being in, um, you know, in Bay Sackville, Queens, where I just, you know, fell in love with fashion. And I've probably been living in the house of faith and fashion my entire life. Um, I have an extensive um, fashion background as a top executive or mm-hmm. owner of companies. Um, for now close to, I don't want to admit, but it's now going on 40. I don't even want to say. Wow. Um, and um, and my, my path in faith has grown over the course of years, uh, obviously graduating from yeshiva. And then also I, I'm a former Revitan and then went on this path of becoming ordained against, against my better logic, which actually helped me a great deal. And then further teaching and more teaching and then getting involved with your classes and so many other classes that I decided to combine these two worlds together and create my own lane, Gedalia. You could talk about staying in your own lane, created my own lane, um, which is fusing fashion and Torah, which no one has ever done before. And this book um, is really my opus to the life I've led. So um, it is five chapters and in every chapter is between 12 and 15 essays combining the craziest of things like the Metropolitan Museum of Arts costume exhibit and the outfits of the Kohen Gadol. My Manola Blahnik, 
And the idea that you, you know, what's, what this, what's the, you know, the, how sacred shoes are in religion. Um, from Art to Rav Cook to Daniel Katz to Shalom Arush to Chief Rabbi, the Chief Rabbi of Moscow to top fashion editors all combined in a book to elevate the beauty to a spiritual level. So that's really what the book is about. But the, the book is really just my, my, insights coming out beautiful it, it looks like you made your own lane you didn't stay in your lane you made your no, own i made my own lane exactly you i made your own in lane, my right? own lane that i created so i took your advice yeah. and i just ran with it wow that's you know that's the unique thing that rab nachman always says you have to make your own lane you know, never be a copy you, you god gave you a gift that that beyond everybody else everybody has a specific gift and their job is to make that gift into a new lane where they can take that, the gifts that they've gotten. And, 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 and that's why today, you know, we're, people are suffering from imitation. They're trying to be somebody else, giving an horror, hating. It, it makes no sense because it takes you away from creating your, your own lane. And, yes. and unfortunately, Toby, usually you don't get to your own lane uh, through inspiration, you usually get it through desperation. Tell, tell us a little bit about how, how I was like, your whole journey and how'd you get to my classes and, and how'd you get well, to all this? The, the only, really, the only way to get to any, any situation really is, I wish it was a big party, but it's actually adversity, which is what the topic we're mm -hmm. discussing tonight. How do you overcome adversity, which hits everybody, no matter how you avoid it, or if you try to avoid it, it's gonna hit you, that's life. So what do you do with that? Um, and how do you overcome it? But, but the, not even how do you overcome it, how do you learn the purpose behind it? Why did you get it? Did, can I tell you that my whole life, I just picked myself up, wiped myself off and just went on with it? No, I mean, this comes with, this comes with working on yourself and years of experience. I mean, I could have, I could have definitely fallen many times and stayed there with, as my family would say, I had actually had every right to become a drug addict. I had all the ingredients and everybody in my family would have said, you know what, you know, you deserve it. Go ahead. Because of everything that happened to you, you could do that. And I, I really chose not to, but making that choice, I worked very, very hard to make that choice. And, right. and I'll just give you, you know, I'll give you the, you know, not the fashion part of my background, which, you know, is really quite, you know, it's glamorous. I'll give you the other side of the background, which is the real adversity. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, Orthodox. I have a graduate of Beis Yaakov. I lived in, uh, in, in, in a um, neighborhood called Kew Garden Hills, which is very from. Um, my parents had a very, very controversial divorce. My mother left me a note on the kitchen table when I was 18 years old, and I never saw her again until 40 years later. Um, I yeah. have taken that and just went, okay, I'm, I'm just going to throw in the towel. I mean, I could blame everything on my parents. And then I went ahead and I had, you know, as you said, I, you know, I'm now married four times, my fourth and final time. Uh, but, you know, let's backtrack to the three other times that I got divorced. And I could have blamed every single one of them and fallen every single, mm -hmm. never picked myself back up again. But I can't tell you that it was easy. None of these things are easy. It's not like they gave me a pamphlet in Beis Yaakov and said, you know what, uh, Toby, when you graduate, you know, when your parents get divorced, you do this. When you get the, you know, when you get divorced, you could do that. They don't, there's, there's, no, there's no manual for this. Right. You have to work on your, you really have to work very, very hard 
on your insights to be able to, of course, overcome the self-esteem issues that you went through with all these situations that you put yourself in. And, and, and luckily later on in life, if you would have been around Ghazali at that time, maybe I would, have, would not have made those mistakes. But mm-hmm. it came at a time where, okay, thank God my, my final part was not a mistake because, because I listened to you reluctantly. You know, we had many discussions where I said, Gedalia, you know, I can't handle all this stuff. But you right. stay, stay, on, stay on the track and, and you'll get there. And you were right. And then, and to top it all off, I mean, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, talk about this. You know, I just got married three years ago and, and I said, okay. You're a wonderful person, by the way. To wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful human person. being who could not, who could not have been any more different than the three that are previously completely different. And also the fact is, is that, you know, I just got married. I'm just now, you know, happily situated. Everything is, you know, you know, everything is in place. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, I was diagnosed in December with stage four. Now it was diagnosed ovarian cancer. So what now? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And, you know, and when I was diagnosed, we had this discussion, you know, we had a talk and you said to me, okay, now you want to write a book. It's really now you're giving, you're going to give birth to this book through this disease. And the truth is that's what happened. So this came out of a lifetime, but God just hit me on the head over and over again. So Toby, this is your purpose. This is what you have to do. And I'm going to keep reminding you that this is what you have to do. So, you know, even when you've got it all together, then something else happens, you know, it's like, okay, now what, now what? I mean, I'm talking to you, I'm happy. And when I said to you in the beginning, am I happy I'm alive to have this discussion with you? I really mean it. I mean, you know, the vain part of me is I'm happy I have eyebrows that grew back because, you know, going through chemotherapy is no picnic, but you can't believe what I put, you know, I'm I'm flying a little off because I'm trying to, you know, like. You're good, you're good, you're good. What I'm saying is that talking about having complete Amuna and not being a realist. I mean, I say I'm not a realist, I'm a faithist. I went against my nature of a Taurus to stay grounded in reality. Right. And I said, no, I'm flying above this because if I don't fly above in Amuna, I'm not going to make it. I'm just, mm. I can't handle the doctors and what they're saying, and what they're telling me because I need to be here. I need to be above. I can't, I can't listen. And I fortified myself to stay there by constantly you know, going, okay, Shem, I got, okay, you got me, you got me, you got me, you got me, you're going to let me write this book. And, and the book came through him. I mean, at, sometimes I read this book, I can't believe I actually wrote these words, let alone the fact that Beautiful. it started in, it started in December and then in three, in three to four months, it was published. It's on, you know, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It became like a, wow. You started the book before you got diagnosed? Excuse me? You started the book before you got diagnosed? I started, you know, I kept saying, oh, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm writing, you know, I'm writing columns for newspapers. I'll put it together eventually. I'll, right. do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. But the minute that I was, when I was diagnosed and I flipped out, I went crazy. Oh my God, how could, Hashem, how could you do this to me? I just got married. Mm-hmm. I've just been through three divorces. I've just been, you know, mm-hmm. I'm finally settled now, now. Right. And 
I, and then all of a sudden in my head, it went, I, I really have to write the book now. And almost honestly, I wrote the book thinking that this is going to last thing anyone's going to ever hear from me. Or, you know, this is my daughter. Yeah. Let her know that there's a book that she could read about her mother, you know, and her way of thinking. So I said, you know what? I don't care what people think anymore about, you know, this is controversial that I'm putting two subjects together that seemingly don't make any sense and they go and no one else is approached this way. Okay, I'm doing it. This is what this is what Hashem wants from me. And so the right. journey started then. The journey started literally, if I could tell you, Gadalia, the the as soon as I as soon as I kind of digested that I had this disease, let alone the fact that I had no time to process what was about to happen to me because, you know, stage four cancer, it's immediate. You know, you go into chemotherapy tomorrow. You know, you're starting this process. You don't have time to wait. And I couldn't even understand that. No, no, please. No, I can't. I can't really. Wow. That. So I really dove into this book and dove into, as I can say in Yiddish, into my kishkes, literally. And when um, I, I got, I have to give birth to this, that, you know, my ovaries, they're, they're taking out my reproductive organs, but I'm going to give birth to this book. And that's what happened. Amazing. Amazing. It's called Bittel. <laughs> you went into Bittel. Bittel, Bittel to the Bittel. You went to the Bittel. And, uh, and the, the difference is, Ram Nachman says that when you go into Bittel, you get a, you get a gift afterwards. <laughs> yeah, an indication that you handle pain well is that you get a new mindset and you get a new discovery. And, and, and this is not a, you know, this is not just the Jews. It's, you look at everybody that's gone through, you know, whether it's Oprah, Tony Robbins, Victor Frankl, uh, Edith Hager, everybody, everybody came out with a product or, or something after the, my, my, my podcast came from my getting, uh, getting whacked into my purpose. Right. And, and it seems to be that this is the, you know, we, uh, it looks like our creator has a lot of high expectations, but he has a lot of high warmth. But the expectations on your soul and the expectations for growth for each one of us is, is there. I mean, he, he has high expectations, but high warmth. And, you know, it's like, where are you going to run away to? You're going to run away from yourself. And I think that's exactly what, you know, and I remember those tough days you've had. I remember telling you, stay with the quality. Don't question. Get out of your logical sense. Be simple. Simple and win. And, and you're able to do that. And, and I think that's the same thing, the lessons I, I try to help with other people. Just focus on the simplicity and the consistency versus the complexity and the impatience that I've seen. And believe me, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm going through this, the same thing with many people, you know, trying to get them to where you, got, where you went. And, and many people do get there, but unfortunately, many people don't have the patience and they don't have the emotional intelligence to get there. But this is a, it, it's a, it's a vicious, uh, it's a vicious, vicious uh, test. I'm be honest with you. There's many tests that people have to go through. It's, you know, I, I went to, you know, we went to COVID. Next thing you know, my son gets diagnosed with cancer. I mean, beyond, beyond you know, you couldn't pick this, this card in a million years. Um, but, you know, out of, out of all of this, like Reb Nachman says, when you when you're going, you know, you you have to leave over your tour into the world, what you gave into the world. He's not saying you have to live twenty million dollars of, of comfortable pillows. You have to live. What are you known for? And I think you accomplish that. You're able to accomplish that something that willing 
120 years, you, you, you left something behind. And this is something that we all have to look into. You know, re- resume versus legacy. What do you? What are we leaving onto this world? What did right. you do for this world? What are they going to say? What are they going to say at your funeral? And <laughs> you know, when you hear that, and when you think about that, and you know, you're like, okay, perspective. Time to get perspective and and stop sweating the little things and and going into growth. Right. And without the right teachers, you know, unfortunately, it looks like it, it looks like unfortunately that the we we need to change the language in the Jewish world, and we need to change the less judgmentalist. It's just that somehow there's, there's this, like people are, people can't be themselves. Seems to be um, being 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 from and be, it's 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 an inner beauty. It's not supposed to you know obviously lock you up and uh, lock up your spirit. And this is where I'm glad you're able to mix this and show the beauty of you know beauty of fashion and the beauty of of you know newness. I mean this is you know. There's nothing more newness than fashion. I mean, I, I know I'm in the, I was in the fashion industry with my wife when she came out with the stores and everything's about the new collection. Everything, you know, she had to create a new collection and we had two stores in Vegas, but it was always the new collection. And it's, the good thing I like about fashion is it's, it's always the newness. You know, you're, you're, you're renewing. It's the new, it's, it's nobody's stuck in the past. It's a renewal. It forces you to renew everything, you know? Yes. So beautiful. Are you able to mix that both? Thank you. Well, you know, I also, um, I have a section called Style and Beauty um, in which I talk to, you know, top plastic surgeon. I talk to the head, you know, talk about people in the Mm. pageant industry. um, And um, I I go into depth also about, you know, the challenges of beauty that I had during during going through this as well, um, where I had to really find my inner beauty because this... Mm disease attacks, attacks your, mm. it, it violates your beauty. Um, it, it, you know, it, I have peach fuzz underneath the ear. My hair is, thank God, growing back. You know, you, you really get, you really get assaulted. And, and, and that's the time where, you know, I have to tell you, my husband sees my inner beauty. And that's really, really important because if you marry somebody that sees just the vain part of you, something's going to happen that you're not going to have that. And if you lose a spouse or you lose a relationship because you don't look as good as you used to look, you're in as in Yiddish, you're in bad shape because there are going to be times in your challenges when that beauty is also challenged. It can, you know, it can come back and it could not come back, but you really get in touch with reality of what your priorities really, really should be. And that was something that perhaps maybe I didn't think about in the first go round, the second go round, the third go round. But thankfully, you know, now I'm, you know, Hashem sent me the right partner to deal with this particular time in my life. But I talk, I, you know, I talk about that very, very openly in my book, um, as far as, you know, um, being very, very challenged and very, very upset about that time, which of course, again, I had to find that inner beauty. I, had to, I dug into Pierre Kayabos like no one's business in this book to try and find what real beauty actually really means. And right. I understand that. So there's, there's like a chapter for all these, for all these, you know, there's a chapter for art, there's a chapter for jewelry, there's a chapter for fashion. There's a chapter with, for influencers, my idea of influencers, people that really influence me, not necessarily Instagram likes. And I also address issues of modesty because, you know, we, we had many discussions of, 
you're saying you have to really be yourself. And in within the Jewish world, that's very, very hard for a woman to find that, mm. you know, you don't look like this, you don't dress like this, you don't cover your hair. Yeah, like it seems to be this, right, right. You know, and I, I, I hope through this book that I went out on the limb because I just said, you know, I'm just going to be my most authentic self. And I'm going to say, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And just because you want to be in one place doesn't mean you can't find, you can find Hashem in all of these places. And mm. you don't have to be labeled. You can just be yourself. I mean, if I can talk to a top fashion editor and say, do, you know, do you think your gift, your gift is God-given? And they can come down and say to me, you know what? It really is. It's God-given. Or I, you know, I talk about the challenges of modesty, that if you're not modest on the inside, you're fooling everybody by being modest on the outside. You know, if your dress is really long, but you're, but you're spewing gossip about somebody, some other woman, you're not really modest. So it's, I, I've, I've gone out in all these different places to say, you know, just be your most authentic self and, and with a relationship with Hashem. Just yeah, that's the key. Really a great place yeah. to be. Yeah, that's. I think that's really the, the key to everything is getting that relationship where you have peace of mind inside. And once you have peace of mind, you don't need the validation, you don't need the approval. Then you can really shine because you're 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 not interested in what people are saying and all that. And I, you know, this is the same thing when I started doing these classes. I had many. You're not a rabbi. You're not this. You're not that. But nobody's teaching this stuff. Nobody's nobody's talking about this stuff. You know, we're not getting the right advice, and and this is well, this is my style. My style was to be able to to have the, you know, have the ability to look into a sector that was not addressed, and nobody was, you know, I when I went through a situation, I, I definitely did not get the right advice. So I, I would say, what what am I? Well, what would I give? What advice would I give to the person, the old me? And I would definitely. Yeah. That's the only way. That's what I say to everybody else today. Just giving you the advice I would give to myself in that particular moment. Right. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, obviously we have such a single, single mess. Go ahead. Mess. Talk to me. What, what no, would I'm you, a pro at this. Go ahead. What do you, what do you, what do you recommend? What do you recommend for single girls specifically? I know what single guys have to do. I mean, that's, that's clearly, uh, um, they have to take responsibility and, 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 and go into life instead of fooling around. But what do you recommend for single girls? What do you recommend? What are some tips that you, you can probably give them um, to, to track the one? And, and what, do you, what do you recommend? What would you say? Well, uh, you know, the first thing you really have to do, which is, you know, it's a hard lesson to learn, is you have to work on yourself first, and then you attract the person to you. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, um, you don't have to always be in that pleasing position of like, I have to dress like this in order to attract this guy. I have to do this in order to attract, I have to be here in order to attract that guy. I have to say this in order to attract that guy. You know, there's rules, all these things. I think that if you really get in touch with yourself and whatever story you have doesn't define you, you can, you can take control of that and then work on your inner self. And of course that usually always means your self-esteem and your self-value and what you think you deserve. And, and then go out there in, I'm not gonna say, I'm gonna say not in the most, like 
900% aggressive way. You can, you can sit back and be a little bit elusive and a little bit secretive and a little, and you can, I mean, I hate to say this, through my miniskirt days and I've worn my high heels and I've worn my Hervé Legere and I've done all of this. So it's not like I'm being judgmental nor am I being saintly and saying that I've always been like this, this and this, uh, not at all. But there's always a middle ground. You don't have to be so, you don't have to be so, um, I used to call them, uh, I used to call them starving hyenas because <laughs> th th that was the phrase I had. There was a particular look it was an emaciated kind of like, kind of way of like, I'm gonna get, and you know, hyenas are ferocious. So you don't have to be that way. It's not necessary. It's not attract, it's so much more attractive to have, as we started this, the word is chen, a charm about mm, you. Exactly. Of a charm. And that's so, right. that's so much more and entertaining and, and, and actually attractive to a guy. And I, you know, I'm assuming that you agree yes. with me. Um, and, it, it actually really works. And I have to tell you, hold back. Hold back on all the other stuff. And don't play wife. Don't play house. Don't play. Then, Very nice. Once you play house, you ain't going to get the house. That's my advice. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the same thing when people are trying to lose weight. They're trying to lose weight with like a bad lifestyle. First get healthy, and then the weight will come off in general. Um, it's, you know, once you start eating healthy and, and generally become a healthier person, your metabolic rate is going to change, your insulin levels will go down. I mean, everything else, just inflammation goes down, the weight right. just comes off. And this is right. why I've, I've been talking a lot of power versus force, you know, using the power inside of you versus forcing, you know, some guy to you know, look at you for the wrong reason. And, and you have to understand the main reason and one of the most important things that guys want what they can't have. I'm not telling you to play games, but you, when you're too available and you're too, you have nothing left to, to, to you know, to see, then it's usually, okay, then they're done that. And I think right. that's the pattern where we got to get more inner, inner, more concealment and less revelation in that, in that way. Not, not again, not just in, in clothing, but more or less in, in character and speech and, and, you know, that, that power versus force, using the power inside of you versus trying to force something. You know, unfortunately, consciousness, people are dating with it. They're walking in where they were fear and they're looking, you know, or, or with low self-esteem and, 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 you know, all, all it takes is a 20, 20 you know, not, not to get a text back in 20 minutes and people have anxiety attacks. So you, it's you hard out there. The, it's harder there, but the, the, the system is, is it's harder that if you do, if you continue to do the same thing, yes, it's very hard. If yes. you continue to do the same thing, absolutely it's hard, but this is exactly when you have to recognize if something's not working, you gotta change it. This is well, why I, you can attract. It's just, I, I believe me, I know, I know how guys think, I know how girls think. They do things differently because at the end of the day, like I said before, Esther had chen, and she attracted, she attracted the king. So it's not that the, the, her chen, her grace created the attraction. And where did she get the chen from God? You understand? God gives you the grace. So once you have grace, you attract people. The, the grace is not being given to you by somebody else. It's given to you by your creator. And how you work spiritually, how you work on surrendering, how you work on getting closer to him. 
he gives you the grace. Then people are attracted to you. It's not like I'm going to force Chen, have no creation with my creator, have my own uh, charm, and expect people to know it's your creator giving you the Chen. That's what people don't understand. Yes, but I've it, seen people become spiritual. I, I've, I've seen people become spiritual and I've seen their face changes. I literally have seen their face change. Um, I've seen, I mean, you know how many people I'm dealing with, obviously, but I've seen yes. people look completely different, a different energy about them, different aura, different glow in the face. And, and it's not from, you know, it's not from getting a plastic surgery, it's from getting, working on the inner beauty and letting that light come out. And I think that's really tapping into the beauty within that God's the one giving you the grace. It's not, the, it's not anything else. But Kadalia, in defense to women, because you know, I'm taking the other side here. I want to tell you that yes, Hashem gave Esther grace and, and, and the ability to attract him. But we cannot forget that Esther also had a one year beauty regimen in order to prepare for this. Uh -huh. says, okay? okay, she had to go on a special diet. And she had to have the special oils anointing her. So let's not forget that women also have to do a lot of prep to be able to, you know, this is part of what we are. This is part of what we do. So you can't, you can't, we can't negate, you know what? Don't take care of yourself. No question. Whatever. So I'm just telling, you know, even with Esther, Esther had some beauty regimen to get, you know, to, to be prepared. We're assuming, we are assuming that. I know, but I don't want anyone, I don't want to get, any, yeah. you know, you know every everything has a balance i don't want any of the women out there yeah. to think any of these things so i just want you to know yeah. that you had some sure. you should all have a yeah you can't you like can't show up in your pajamas for a day no yeah, no 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 no. don't show up in your pajamas exactly Correct. but at the end of the day what causes the the what causes? and I, again i've seen this i've seen this with people i've seen people start going to my classes i'm like i don't recognize you you look completely different and 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 and, and, and what happens is when you start having and when you start having wisdom, the Torah says wisdom lights up your face. So there's a concept of lighting up your face, same thing with guys. Wisdom lights up your face. That's the chen that people are attracted to. Right. When you when you have that that glow and, and that person makes you feel differently versus yeah. the darkness and a and a and a and a, and a, and a, and a low self-esteem and a and a needy mentality. This is what we're trying to create a shift. And in, in, in the consciousness of people, like, you know, completely change your consciousness, get into a, a spiritual consciousness where you go in with trust and love that if it works out wonderful, if it doesn't work out wonderful also. That's the surrender concept yes. we're talking about. Yes. Yes. But so this, is, this is exactly where, where, where this is where the, the, the fashion and the beauty takes it even 10 times stronger. You know, because if you already have a confidence and you have a beautiful outfit, then you have the perfect perfection. You good, you good to go, and you don't and you don't play wife in every sense of the word. So you could become a wife. Exactly, exactly, beautiful. I'm very excited by my event Wednesday night. Hopefully, we'll get uh, we'll get a very very nice crowd. But it, it's clearly the the dot that we have to work on. It's not it's not the, it's not really the the dating apps. It's not that. It's, 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 it's nobody wants, it's just like the healthcare system. Nobody's interested in fixing, you know, the healthcare. They're trying to do, it's just all symptoms. This is this symptom, this, nobody's interested in health. Everybody's interested in symptoms. So this is the same thing that, 
you know, when we're going into relationships and we're going to anything just to look good instead of do good, we unfortunately end up getting the wrong things. So you're providing adjunct therapy to the healthcare system, technically, what is what you're doing, right? Correct. With what Correct. you're doing. Okay. Well, you know, another piece of advice that I would do is I think you have to watch your friends that you surround yourself with. Um, you surround yourself with like-minded um, girlfriends that have, you know, I'm talking for women that really have your best interests in mind. And it shouldn't be a competition between, between all of you with this under, you know, with this kind of like underground, really, I don't miss you so well because I'm after the same guy. Um, but, you know, I don't, you know, but I'm, I'm your friend. And, and that might be a little bit difficult to do to actually hone it down to see your friends really for who they are. But that was another thing that worked for me was I just, I really, really cut down on the, the women that I was surrounding myself with that I, I said they wanted to know really the, they want to be the first to know the story, but they really didn't have my best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helps a lot. As far as what I went through in my book, you know, I have a chapter about, I have, I put together a prayer warriors group to, we have to actually help, help fortify me to get through this disease. And the one thing that we did is before the night before each chemotherapy session, a lot, I have three or four Repitins in my group. Um, one Repitin, um, a Dr. Adina, Dr. Rabbi Nita Dina Berkowitz would give an hour shear so that I was fortified with Torah. So I was going to be okay going through those sessions. And that was another thing that really helped me. You really surround yourself with people that have like-minded like you, and they, and they have faith in you and they have faith in Hashem that you're going to be okay. And sometimes in the single scene, that's very difficult to find because there's a lot of competition and the older you get, there's more competition because the competition is coming up 20 years old because an older guy wants somebody that's younger. So your competition is enormous. So the older you get, the, the, actually the wiser you get, hopefully, but the more difficult it gets. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen because it happened to me. So I can tell you it really does happen. It's just a matter of really putting in all the ingredients possible and then it's all up to God. It had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Followed, you know, followed all these protocols that you set forth for me to, in order for me to do it. But it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Believe me, nobody, when they call me, nobody gets the advice. You know what? You're not using enough apps. Believe me, nobody, nobody gets that advice. No. Uh, oh, you know, try different apps. Try a different uh, website. No, nobody gets that. It's, it's always uh, in, all inner work. All inner work. Don't you think those apps and websites made it so much worse? Because it's like in, yeah. it, you could just go like this and eliminate. Too fast. Every, everything is everything is, is gone too instant. Remember, easy come, easy go. So if you don't work for yes. something, yes. You know, it's it's very easy to check out. Just like I checked in, I can check out. Right. And you know, another thing I want to explain, you know, just to explain to people that to understand the concept that the problem is always ends up becoming the solution. You know, the, 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 the being single forces you to connect to God. Um, you know, getting sick forces you to, to tap into areas that you would have never gotten tapped into to become much higher. So that's a very also a concept that we also have to really, really completely put an emphasis on that the problem is always the solution. The solution is never outside. The solution is always inside. 
So this is exactly what, what and, and it's hard to look at that because usually the solutions are in your face. And so we put so many walls that we don't see it. And, and this is why when you see, wow, the problem was the solution, that is ultimately glorifying your creator. When you're able to say, I can't believe it was great. That had to happen for me to, to write this book. So this situation had to happen for me to keep that. And, and that's when, you, when you're able to see that, then, then it's like, ah, oh, I get it. And then we can start using that same formula pretty much for any obstacle that we get. Hey, look for the solution in the problem. Then you, you become resilient. You become a different person. Yes. I think we want to take some questions. Anybody, anybody have any questions so far? Ariel, anybody have any questions? Nothing on. Nobody wants to ask any questions. Hold on. Nobody, maybe they're just listening. Any questions? I'm looking, give me a second. I'm looking through Facebook. Okay. Toby, a lot of people are giving you a lot of love. That's what I could tell you. For sure, happy, of course. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Someone you, asked you, you about you've your book. Toby, you've Toby. outdone your contract. What? You've outdone your contract, Toby. I've outdone my contract. Yeah, thank you. Toby, people are asking you about the name of the book if you want to go over it uh, quickly. Oh, it's The House. It's here. The House of Faith and Fashion. What My Wardrobe Taught Me About God. That is the name of the book. And you can get it on my website, www.thehouseoffaithandfashion. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes and Nobles and Kindle. And you see, preface by Gadalia Fenster. Actually, it's a great back cover because I, I'm, I'm, I have a sandwich. I have Gadalia as the preface and I have Chief Rabbi Pimpsons Goldschmidt on the bottom. So I feel like I... I've been blessed. Makes everything. Yes. Beautiful. Who who could I have? It's crazy. I have people from New York Fashion Week, and I have chief rabbis, and they all live harmoniously together in this book because they've been living harmoniously in my life, my entire life. So, Love it. Love that. Okay, so we have a we have a question. What if you're not interested in men after a very abusive relationship? What if you're not interested in what? I'm sorry. In men after an abusive relationship correct right you can i answer that whatever you you can answer whatever you want okay well i think what i not i think i know you have to find out why you are why you allowed yourself to be in an abusive relationship that's your most important project first what yeah. made you think that you deserve to be in an abusive relationship. And until you find that answer, you will you should not go into a relationship because the pro, the issue really is with what you with with your self-esteem and what you think is acceptable for you. And then when you find that out and you work on yourself to eliminate those, you know, those reasons or the, the fact that you don't think that you're valued enough to have somebody be kind to you as opposed to being somebody being abusive. And then you, you will have a healthier relationship with yourself. You'll probably have a healthier relationship with everybody around you. And then you can go out and find somebody and then you'll be able to be once again in the market to find somebody else healthier for you. Gidalia, could you add to that? 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like if I had, what do you do if you had a bad case of food poisoning? What do we do with that? We stop eating? I mean, it's one case. And it's very important to understand that you're going to have bad cases in life. You're going to have situations in life, and this is where you, you turn to God. You have to also recognize, like again, very much what Toby was saying, you know, being abused and having you met, maybe you should have had proper boundaries. And you also have to understand that hurt people hurt others. And we're victims of victims. So usually people that abuse other people are, are, are probably mental and pretty much sick themselves. Because why else would why else would a healthy human being abuse another human being? For what reason would they do that? So you have to re- recognize you, you're probably with a very sick person that, um, that, that should not stop. You know, he, that person already did enough damage to you. You want them to already, already in the past. You want them to now damage your whole future, also. So, I, forgiveness is not for them; it's for you. And when you recognize that that person is already controlling you, you're now they're not only controlling you in the past, but they've, now they're controlling your decisions in the future. So, you could, when you start seeing that, you need to forgive them for you, so you can move on. Because otherwise, we fall into a unfortunately victim role and. And the only one that loses is the person that never grew. Okay. Gedalia, could you explain the solution and the problem? Um, you remember this, the, the, yeah. the problem basically uh, brings the solution. Could you mention that again, please? Sure. For example, let's say somebody's on drugs. And that person would have never seek seeking spirituality before. But now because of the drug addiction, he has to go into rehab. And in rehab, he ends up doing the 12 steps. And the 12 steps leads him to a new spiritual person. So the problem ended up becoming the solution. I mean, he needed a spiritual awakening, but it had to come through an addiction. Another thing is being single. All of a sudden, you're single. You can't get tracked to one. Next thing you know, you start listening to classes. And you start getting becoming more spiritual. Maybe you start keeping Shabbat because you're not like, you know what, you're trying to change just because, you know, maybe to just try something new. The problem of being single led you to become more spiritual, which led you to attract a much better person than you would have never attracted before. So the problem is always the solution. The problem of an abusive relationship to recognize, wow, I have no self-esteem. Now all of a sudden you work on your self-esteem and you become the right person who you're supposed to be. The problem ended up becoming the solution. It's always like that. The whole purpose of life is that the, the whole point is it, the inner point of the darkness is the light. The light is in the darkness in itself. When you're looking for light outside, when you're looking for darkness outside, the light outside, within, without within, you're automatically lost. So the solution is always inside that it's stressed up as a problem. And now you have to elevate it and turn it into light. So these are examples. You know, the 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 um, all of a sudden I remember having a problem in um, eight years ago. I had a situation when one of my businesses really took a hit, and I was like, you know what? Maybe this business is not the best business. Maybe I need to go into something else. And from there, I found my rehab business. So the problem ended up becoming the solution. So you could pick, I mean, I can give you 30 stories like this. The problem ends up becoming the solution. Um, the person goes through a terrible, um, terrible fight with his wife. The next thing he says, you know what? I need to talk to God for 20 minutes a day. He starts his blow to do all of a sudden. 
and his relationship with God becomes a hundred times greater because of his fight with his wife. Now he's doing his bodhidut. The problem became the solution. So these are the examples where the problem is the solution. Okay, Toby, I the, you know, I can give again, I can I give you a laundry list. It's always like that. What you have to recognize is because you're stuck in the problem and you're stuck in the victim and the emotional mindset, you can't see the solution. So this is where the only way to see the solution is just to surrender to God's light, to know that everything is good from above. There's no such thing as bad. It's just the knowledge is not revealed to you. And this is just like, just like a baby. Sometimes you have to cry out and ask God to reveal to you, what you what's, what's hidden from you. Make the hidden revealed. And then you'll recognize at the, the whole time, it was all beauty. Okay, Toby, this is a question to you. How do we attract the right person? <laughs> um, how do you attract the right person? Um, you, you know what? It usually because uh, one, it starts when you attracted all the wrong person, all the wrong people to begin with. Uh, to be totally honest, it's not like you know you attract the right person. And me for sure could not say that I always attract. I always attracted the wrong person until I figured out what was what was inside of me to attract the right person. So it really comes to attract the right person. Really comes within you. It's inside of you. It's, it's getting in touch with you and getting in touch with who you are and getting in touch with your inner self. And I know that sounds so like, you know, spooky, you know, getting in touch with my inner self, which really means you have to get in touch with what Hashem put inside of you, who you really are. And then you attract the right person. But it usually starts with attracting all the wrong people and you go, well, this is I mean, I could for sure tell you that it's like, oh my God, I married the first one. What happened? I married the second one. What happened? I married the third one. What happened? So it, it, it really takes a lot of those. The problem is the solution. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing off of what Gazali just said, because usually it's within the problem of finding the wrong person, attracting the wrong person, having the wrong relationship. And all of a sudden you find within yourself to know why you got into this mess, how you have to get in touch with your, your inner self, your inner beauty, your, your inner panemius, you know, getting in touch yeah. with that, that Jewish woman inside that's connected to Hashem, that princess that Hashem made, that because all Jewish women are princesses, that's who we are. You have to deserve that you should be a princess. You have to deserve your majesty and you have to understand that you do. And then when you get in touch with all of that, because we are, I mean, I'm, I don't want to be in, in, insulting to any Jewish man out there, but you know, we're special and God made us special. And, you know, and, 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 and we are really, 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 really powerful. And once you understand what Hashem made inside of you and who you are, then you will attract the right person. Okay. So what was the best tool for self-love that helped you in the process when you started beginning chemo and everything, I guess? That's what she's referring to here. Me? Yeah. What was the best? Say the question again. I'm sorry. What was the best tool for self-love in the whole process? The best tool. 
um, for self-love in the whole process of chemotherapy? Um, maybe Azamra, no, Kobe? What? Azamra, maybe? Uh, probably, really the best tool was I, I really became grateful for, for, for being alive. I'm grateful for everything that I had. Grateful for everything that I took for granted once I lost it. I mean, I, I keep saying this crazy thing. When I started to see my hair and my eyebrows, all of a sudden I was grateful for every, for every hair that ever grew on my body. Um, and so really is to just, it really, it really, talk about bittle, it really will, and everything. You're just, you're happy to wake up in the morning. You're happy, you know, that, that you, that you have, a, that you're having a good day. And the other thing was, I learned to stay in the now that I learned very, very, very quickly how I have to stay within this 24 hour period and live in the now because this is yeah. all I have and this is what Hashem gave me. And I have to be grateful for everything that's in this time period. Beautiful. That was my practice through it and still is because I'm not finished yet. We'll take a couple more questions and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Okay. Yes, because it's, it's Mother's Day. <laughs> one more, one more. So this is five hours with three kids. Is, uh, okay, I'm ready. don't worry. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to answer a question. Right. I'm ready to go. Okay. Okay. So go this ahead. person is saying, I have so much to be thankful for, so much, but I feel so unimportant and I'm burdened to people. What specifically can I do to overcome this? She feels she feels grateful, but she feels un. She feels, she feels grateful, but she feels burdened. Unimportant, unimportant, and she's burdened with. She's a burden to people. Right. So she's she she she's probably her self esteem. She could be grateful. Yeah. Person could be grateful, but they could they could have a doormat mentality. Right. Like you know, I'll do whatever you say. So there, there, she has to be work. She definitely has to work on on being less needy, giving people space. So the more self-esteem you have, the more space you give people. Right now, if you feel like a burden to people, you're not you're not giving them space. So that is, you can't really you you could remember being grateful is one thing, but having more self-esteem is another thing. You could be grateful you woke up in the morning, but deep down inside, there's de there's definitely some abandonment issues. There's definitely some um, things that happen to you that you have not let go. So this this is a lot of stuff that we have to really work on letting go. The fact that you're so needy in the first place is definitely there's got to be some kind of abandonment issues that you should look into. That I feel that that's causing you to be constantly needing people to to you know to hang to to, to, to be with them all the time whether you don't give them space. Because you know if you're in a healthy relationship with yourself, you need a lot of space, and you're going to enjoy the space. You know. But if you're not in a healthy relationship with yourself, all you need to do is you don't want to be with yourself. So all you want to do is be busy, be busy. So an indication that you're in a healthy relationship is you need space yourself. And and just like you need space yourself, you will give others healthy space. So definitely I would tell her to go maybe go see a therapist on on, on some kind of abandonment issues. That it looks it appears to be that there's an issue there. One more? One more. Okay. So how does one recognize their soulmate when they meet them? And how do they know that's the one? 
but it's not it's not the one this is like this is a very you know we're watching too much bachelor uh, i think this is the problem the the bachelor the show too way too many madame too much car you make it the one do you understand you can have many zivugim and according to what you put into relationship you could make it the one doesn't mean this person or even the arizal says that you if you marry somebody and they could have not been your soulmate, but if you, if you guys end up having a good relationship together, they get the piggyback of your original soulmate. So if, you, if, if you're not uh, love the one you're with, because that can end up becoming your, the, the soul from your soulmate. It's, this is a very spiritual concept. And we, we've, we've created too many movies and bachelors and, and waiting for the missing Cinderella stick, uh, slipper to come down and the missing Louboutin to come down from heaven uh, and to fit right in your shoe. You find the beauty in the beast. And then once you start loving the beauty and not focusing on the beast, you will make it to the one. There's no such thing as, this is the one. It, it, no, it's, this is the package you get. You have to work on the package. You have to, you have to surrender. You, there's no such thing as, this is a very Hollywood mindset. And this is why people are suffering because they're waiting for that slipper to come down and, and wake up and fit and get carried on by Prince Charming. <laughs> And Prince Charming has two kids, and he's got an ex-wife, and, and he's got these kids that don't like the, the kids that don't like you. So you're waiting for the Cinderella stick. Next thing you know, you got a you got a new uh, compound family. Next thing you know, you're dealing with the guy's ex and two kids. And it's not what you signed for, and that ends up becoming the one. So let, let's very important that we, we, we the pattern of this movie and the illusions and Instagram and and you know you're watching an Instagram photos and everybody's showing you the highlights. Everything's beautiful, beautiful picture. You, you know, you don't see what, you don't see what's going on behind the scenes. You don't see the, the, you make it the one. It's not, you get the one, just like a business. Imagine saying, give me a business that's making $3 million a year, already done. No, you, you, people have gotten businesses, they've, they struggled, they, they, they created and they made it into the business. Same thing with your soulmate or with your potential mate. You have to make it the one don't you, we don't go in there and get a receiving the one concept. I hope that answers you and it gives you a realistic mindset instead of you know a Cinderella mindset that it, it could be very harm harming today because otherwise you're you're, you're waiting you're waiting you're waiting and nothing's happening. I agree. Could I ask you a question, Toby? Yes. Okay. So what was it that made you to be a warrior, not a warrior through all these things? What made you get up, you know, on those cold, rainy mornings here in New York and push forward? What was it? Um, uh, cold, rainy, cold, snowy mornings in, in New York. Well, the truth is I've always been a warrior. Um, I've been a warrior since, since, you know, since my first encounter with my parents, I had no choice but to be a warrior. Um, and I, I, you know, I learned very, very early and very, very, you know, very young in life that um, you have to keep fighting because life, life is just going to keep throwing you stuff. And it just so happens life did. And um, it just gets, you know, and then God gives you more and more tests and he doesn't give you anything that you're not equipped for. So um, I, I think that you, you, you need to be, you need to, you, in order to be, in order to, to keep fortified as a warrior, you need to have that flame of a Muna. You can't do it without. Mm -hmm. it. So that's like, 
you know, thank God I have that. And, but that took a lot of work also. And sometimes you have it and sometimes you have to really, you know, you have to work at it. So, you know, being a warrior is something that I've had my whole life, but sustaining being a warrior is something you can only do with the Muna. Exactly. Beautiful. Beautiful. This was so nice, Gadalia, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Such a pleasure. And tell your wife, thank you for letting you do this, because I know. I owe, I, I owe the, gra- the debt of gratitude to her and tell her I know that. I and thank it's you for letting us it's do this. Me a, it's going to cost me a shopping trip. Oh, all right. I'll send you the bill. Okay? Oh, no, 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 no. Just think I'm about just the kidding. house of faith and fashion. That's all. Totally just we'll el- elevate the shopping so experience, Gazalia. Elevate the yes. shopping. Elevate listen, the Listen, before every holiday, our sages tell us you have to go buy your, your spouse. Yes, that's Gifts in the book also. Absolutely. Exactly. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's an yes, so it's a mitzvah to go garden. shopping. Correct, colored garments. Exactly. Beautiful. It's always such a pleasure. Pleasure. And we'll see you in New- Let's do New York. Yes, we're going to, God willing, let's do something and, in the summer and we'll get, we'll get the ball rolling again. And thank you for dominating for me every, you know, because I'm Tobole and I thank everybody out there that's been dominating for me. It's obviously working. Hashem's listening to your prayers. Please continue, and thank you so much. Amen, amen. Have a great night, night, guys. Good night. Bye-bye.